0: Welcome. Are you guys happy to be here? Awesome. Did anyone have a really good fall break? Did anyone have a really crappy fall break? I'm sorry. Well, I'm glad you're here. Um, If you guys forgot over fall break, we are in a series on Joseph. You guys remember? Awesome. Has anyone else been reading Joseph or, or listening to what we're talking about and been like super encouraged and stirred? Yes, y'all, this has been like changing my life, uh, preparing for these, um, and just reading through the story of Joseph. It's an incredible story, so I'm excited. Um, So tonight, I got a question for y'all. Raise your hand. All right, well, it's not a question if I say raise your hand. Uh, How many of you guys have ever been tempted before? Tempted. All right, everyone put your hand up. Okay, so um, I'm going to tell you guys about two times this week that I was tempted, and they're pretty funny. Um, so the first thing, um, how many of you guys have ever heard of the internet company called Clear Fiber? Yeah. Charles, all right. So Charles and Katie told Heather and I this summer about this company called Clear Fiber. It's fiber optic, they, they say up to 1,000 megabits per second. That's a lot, that's super fast internet. It's you know in the ground, it's not Xfinity, so praise God. And Heather and I requested service on July 17th. Today is October 17th, three months later, and we still do not have internet. None. No internet, right? Now, I am relentless. So I went to their store, and they weren't there, okay? I put in three different service requests on their website. None were responded to. I texted them because they have a text service which promised they would respond in 15 minutes. I'm still waiting. <laughs> I have emailed them 27 times. I counted. And I have called them over 70 times. And the amount of times they've responded is ridiculous. Not much at all. Okay? And so this week, I'm like, every week I say, at the end of this week, if they haven't done it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do something, but I don't. And so... <laughs> It was like Monday or Tuesday and I'm typing out this email and y'all I have this serious temptation to put the subject is what the f- is your problem <laughs> and then just cuss them out like just go nuts and be like this is a like cuss 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 you know <laughs> I've been tempted to yell at the people on the phone, which isn't good because when you call them, it's not even clear fiber. It's like some third-party company that transfers your call to them, and they don't. And I've been tempted to yell at them, and I don't. And if you ask me, why are you still waiting? It's been three months. I'm stubborn, so I'm just really stubborn. Okay, and then another thing. So that was the first time I was tempted this week, wanting to cuss them out, right? The second time, so we live in a new place. We moved this summer, and the girl that lived above us Um, she was supposed to move out in May, and it was, like, July, and she was still there. And so they called the police, got her evicted, and she knew the police were coming. So she, being really petty, stole all of the, like, fire alarms and smoke detectors just to, like, get back at our landlord. And then she threw all of this stuff away and didn't really throw it away, just, like, set it in the alley between our house and the next. It's like a a box spring bed, um, like... Planks of wood, and then of all things, a toilet that is like full of nasty water. I don't know what's in it, right? And so Heather texts me, and I believe it was Tuesday, and she texts me and she says, "Hey, the house owner of the guy who lives next to uh, the people who live next to us, um, he told me that we can't put our trash cans up against this like little brick wall um, that's by his house, and we need to throw all the other stuff away." And so I was like. Well, this isn't our fault. Like, we keep our trash clean. And so I get home, and I'm kind of ticked and annoyed that this guy does this. And so I'm, like, out there, and I'm moving the trash cans, like, you know, to a different area. And then I have this temptation to pick that toilet up and walk it next door and set it right on their front porch and just walk away. I wish I did. I didn't. But I was very tempted to. To be very petty. And now, y'all, I promise you, I am not a naturally angry person. I am not a naturally petty person. But all of us know, right, exactly what I feel like. Aren't you glad, aren't you grateful that you do not, you are not the person that your temptations and thoughts often reflect, right? You pretty happy that you're not, like, aren't you grateful you're not as mean as some of the thoughts you have about people? Aren't you, like, like, grateful that you're not as petty as you often want to be and are tempted to be? Aren't you glad that you aren't as perverted outwardly as sometimes your mind can be? And, I mean, aren't you glad that you're not the person, hopefully, that your temptations and thoughts often reflect, right? I, I hope you're grateful about that. Maybe you, well, never mind, I can say that. Um, If you can't tell, tonight we're talking about temptation, but specifically overcoming temptation, all right? And so just what the Bible says about temptation, this is 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, it says this, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure. So he says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. And then he says, when you are tempted, which means what Paul is saying here, what the Bible says throughout the whole of, of reading it, is that temptation is unavoidable when you're tempted. It's common to all men. But temptation is not a sin, okay? To be tempted is not to sin. If you don't believe me on that, if you're like, oh, I don't know about that, I usually feel like I sin when I'm tempted. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted in every way, but it also says he never sinned, which logically means you can't sin. Temptation doesn't equal sin, right? Um, And so, though the Bible says that temptation is unavoidable, even Jesus was tempted, and though it says that it's not actually sin, that doesn't mean that we take temptation lightly, right? Just because a lion is born in a cage in a zoo doesn't mean you walk in shirtless with link, sausage links around your neck, right? Like, you're going to get eaten. Just because it was born in a cage, just because temptation isn't a sin, doesn't mean we take it lightly. Because, even though it's an unavoidable, if we treat it lightly, it will ultimately lead to sin, right? It's the gateway for sin. So what... What are we supposed to do with temptation, right? Like, what's the godly response, right? Are we, are we supposed to just, like, you know, hike up our pants and, like, you know, face it like a sumo wrestler? Like, are we supposed to, you know, like, just discipline ourselves rigidly and have no fun and be around nothing? Are we supposed to read our Bible more and pray more and go to church more and, and listen to worship music more? Like, what is the response? What's the godly response to temptation? And so it's my belief that Joseph's life is the best life. And I'm not just saying that because we're in this Joseph series. When I was 19 years old, someone told me what I'm talking about tonight. And it forever changed my life and my view on overcoming temptation. And so we're going to read from Joseph's life. Uh, We're going to read from the time of him and Potiphar's wife, who I will henceforth talk about as Mrs. Potiphar. So I do not make the same mistake as last time. If you were here... I kept saying that Joseph liked Potiphar, but Mrs. Potiphar, okay? Uh, So if you'll follow along with me on the screen, Genesis 39, 6 through 12, it says, So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well-built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife, Mrs. Potiphar, took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. One day, he went into the house to attend to his duties, and none of the household servants were inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, Come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand, and he ran out of the house. Now, I haven't said the big idea of our sermon tonight. I haven't said it. But I'll tell you now, the big idea, what I want us to walk away with tonight, is that you are not strong enough to overcome temptation, but Jesus is. You, by yourself, are not strong enough to overcome temptation that leads to sin, but Jesus is. In our own power, and our own means, we will succumb to temptation. If we fight by ourselves, we're going to end up falling. And we know it. You may not like it, but we all know it, right? But if you rely on Jesus... He is able to overcome the very thing that we can't. And Joseph knew the secret. He knew the secret of turning to God when tempted. And there's just a few things that I want to share with you guys from his life that I believe if we'll learn from them, then it will change our lives like they changed his and like they've changed mine. And so what was the first thing he did? So verse 8 says it again, right? She's coming up on him. She's like, hey, sleep with me. And he says, It says in verse 8, but he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he entrusts to me. It says he refused. Mrs. Potiphar tried to entice Joseph to sleep with her, but his response to temptation was one simple word. No. No. He said no. And I hope when you guys read this story... If you've read this part already, I hope you got there. It's like two chapters in. Um, But when you're reading this, I hope that you don't fool yourself and think that Joseph wasn't tempted. Mrs. Potiphar, she would have been an incredibly beautiful woman, right? She would have been trained in the art of presenting herself for her high-ranking husband. She would have been picked as a beauty above beauties, right, in the land of Egypt because her husband was the king's head guard, right? And, And... she probably was wearing some pretty seductive clothing when she's trying to get him to come sleep with her. And I don't know about you, Joseph was about 19 years old. How many of you guys in this room are 19? Thank you. Most 19-year-olds, I don't think they have the mental fortitude to not be tempted. I mean, if you think that Joseph wasn't tempted, then you don't know 19-year-old boys, okay? Really? Really? Joseph was tempted. Every lower part of him, every lesser part of him, wanted, I believe, wanted to sleep with Mrs. Potiphar. But he firmly said no. But he didn't just say no to temptation. He also said yes to God. In verse 9, Joseph says, No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has held nothing from me except you, Because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? He said no to Mrs. Potiphar, and he said yes to God. And what Joseph did is key for us today too. Saying no to temptation is a big deal, right? But saying yes to Jesus also is the key. Remember, if we're not strong enough to face temptation on ourselves. If you don't believe that, I'm just going to keep drilling that down. We're not strong enough, but Jesus is. All of us know our own temptations best. We know the things that we're most likely to fall in, right? Are you tempted to compare yourselves with other people rather than Jesus? Saying no to that, right, in the mere no, is good, but it's not enough. you got to say yes to what Jesus says. Are you tempted to be greedy with your money? Maybe you don't want to give to this mission's offering. Maybe you don't want to help people on high street Are you, because you just want to hold on to your money. It's not enough just to say, no, I should be good, but saying, yes, Jesus, you're worth it. Are you tempted with sexual addictions, pornography, sexual immorality? I can tell you from personal experience, saying no is not enough. It's good, but you've got to say yes to Jesus, too. Saying no to temptation without saying yes to Jesus will inevitably lead to falling because what it really is is just you fighting temptation, and you're going to fail. But when we say no and yes to Jesus, it's then that we find victory over what what looks so big and so daunting, right? It's then that we have freedom to live a life where we don't have to feel guilt, we don't have to feel shame, when we say yes to Jesus, Jesus himself says it too in Matthew 16, 24, and 25. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Deny yourself, say no, follow me, say yes, and in that you will find life, life, Joseph first teaches us to say no to temptation and then to say yes to Jesus. Okay, so the next thing, right, because you know temptation, it just keeps on coming, right? It just keeps on coming. Mrs. Potiphar keeps on coming. And so the next thing that Joseph does is in verse 10. It says, and though she spoke to Joseph day after day, she was relentless. He refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. Y'all, she was like, to use the terms, I'm not woke, but to use the terms of the kids, she was thirsty, right? And his second response to her was, what, was that, that last bit of the verse, or to even be with her. He avoided her. He made a point to be anywhere and everywhere that she wasn't, right? And he didn't put himself in a position where he knew he was going to be tempted, Friends, we are fooling ourselves if we think that it's ever been a good idea to put ourselves in a situation where we know we're going to be tempted. That is, that's We're fooling ourselves. If you struggle with getting drunk, why would it ever be smart to go to a house party or to go to a club when you know you're going to be tempted there? If you struggle with fooling around and crossing some lines with your boyfriend or girlfriend, why would it ever be wise... To, to be in a room with the door closed and none of your roommates are home. Like, if you, if you struggle with anger, how could it ever be a good thing to go to the, sec- the comment section of YouTube? <laughs> like, you're going to just get angry. Don't! We're fooling ourselves if we think it's a good idea to put ourselves in situations where we know we're going to be tempted and likely fall. Joseph knew the key was to avoid that, but he also knew the secret, right? Just like we have to say no and yes, we have to avoid and then draw near to Jesus into a godly situation. We have to say no to to temptation, yes to Jesus. We have to avoid temptation and then draw near to Jesus. It's probably pretty easy for us to be like, oh yeah, I'm always tempted with this thing. I'm always struggling with this thing. But what does it look like to to draw near? What does it look like to be in a godly environment? It's simply this. You have brothers and sisters for a reason. You do not need to fight by yourself. You're not strong enough to overcome temptation by yourself. I promise you from personal experience and your own experience, attest to that. You're not but you have brothers and sisters that Jesus has given you to help bear that load. If you're you know you're going to be alone in your dorm this weekend and you're going to be tempted to, and you're going to be tempted to to do some stuff you really don't want to do, just ask one of your friends, "Hey, can I crash with you this weekend?" If you know that you you know you're invited by some friends right back home and and all of a sudden they pull out, you know, the, the shot glasses and the drinks and they pull out all this stuff and you know that's going to happen, you can either, one, bring a friend who's going to keep you accountable or just don't go. If you know that's going to be there, don't, you don't have to go. You can avoid it and then draw near to Jesus and his, and his children. If you try to fight on your own, you'll lose. But you have brothers and sisters for a reason so you don't have to fight alone. Jesus said in Matthew 26, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We're to watch for the areas in our life where we know we're going to be tempted, right? And then to purposefully avoid them. Not, not like, oh, I guess I get, no, purposefully avoid them and then purposefully seek Jesus and seek our brothers and sisters whom he's given us Right? In order to overcome what we can't do on our own, Joseph said no to temptation and yes to God. He avoided temptation and he drew near to Jesus and to his brothers right he said and and then the final thing, when temptation rears its final ugly head, right, he runs away. Verse twelve says that Mrs. Potiphar caught him by his cloak and And pretty much, at this point, I'm imagining her like, come to bed with me. Like, It's her final plea. But he leaves his cloak in her hand and runs out of the house. Mrs. Potiphar tried her very hardest by physically detaining him in order to get him to just just submit, just, just, come on, just, you got to do this. This is so tempting. Why won't you? and he runs. He bolts, and he doesn't look back. There are times I know when, man, like, you know, it's, it's one thing to avoid. It's another thing where you're sitting there, and then all of a sudden, boom, temptation's there. You didn't cause it. You weren't, the, you, you weren't putting yourself in that situation, but it's there, right? You're at, you're at the restaurant, and your friends start ordering you drinks, and you're like, I, uh, I don't want this. Like, I, I've already struggled with this. I don't need this, right? You're, you're at your friend's house, and then a bag of drugs comes out. Like, and you know you struggle with this. And you're like, what do I do? You know, like, you're with your boyfriend or girlfriend. You're watching a movie, and then one of you wants to do something. And you're like, I don't want to do this. It's sprung on you. Or right, you guys play basketball. You're playing basketball. And then the guy you're guarding, all of a sudden, he's in your face, and he's wanting to fight you, and you're pissed. And you're like, like. You you want to angry, you want to hit him, right? Like temptation jumps on us, jumps down our throat sometimes. And you don't have a lot of time to respond. But even though I love this. Even though it might seem foolish to literally run away. Right from the restaurant or the house or the gym or whatever, even though it might seem foolish, it is better to run away and look like a fool than to stay and sin and actually be a fool. It is better to run away and look like a fool than to, than to stay and sin and actually be a fool. I have known guys that have, that, that have literally run away from their girlfriend's dorm shirtless because they knew if they stayed any second longer they were going to do something that they couldn't take back. I have known people that have stood up in the middle of a house with their friends and walked out and didn't say a word because their friends pulled out some stuff that they knew that they couldn't be around. They just got up and walked out, and they're like, where are you going, man? Didn't say a word. Better to look like a fool than be a fool. But again, the key is not just to run away from temptation, but to run to Jesus. You aren't strong enough to overcome temptation on your own. And we may not like to hear that, but we know it's true. Too many times have we succumbed to our own anger. Too many times have we given ourselves over to our lust. Too many times have we done the things we did not want to do and we knew we shouldn't have done. We simply do not have the power to overcome, but Jesus does run to him. When I think about this, I was telling Heather this, and it seems so silly, but when I think about like running from and running to, I think about Scooby-Doo, and hear me out, like old Scooby-Doo, right? They're like running down the hall where it's the same picture like every two seconds, and they're running, and it's always Shaggy and Scooby get put together. Why? It doesn't make sense. They put the strongest, the smartest, and the prettiest in one group, and they put the two oafs in the other group and say, you got it, and they go, look, they're running down the hall. And who do they come upon but the monster, right? And oh, and then they freak out and their tongues go, and then they run the other way, right? And where, who do they end up running into? Fred, Daphne, and Vilma. And knowing Vilma, she's got some big contraption or some bigger fake monster. And so the monster then comes up, sees them, and then he starts running, right? And that's like, when I think about temptation, you see this in all these cartoons, regardless. Man, Shaggy and Scooby aren't stupid enough to fight. They know they're not going to win. So they run back to their friends. They run back to the people they know are strong enough to take this thing. And that's what it's like. Run from temptation. You're not going to beat it. You're not going to throw a fist in its face. Run to Jesus, and that thing will cower. Temptation will cower before Jesus. And, y'all, this isn't just like some cool thought that like oh that's just cool that's like we can learn from his life it's actually a command in the bible second timothy 2:22 says flee youthful lusts and pursue righteousness faith love and peace we are commanded to run away from temptation and to run to jesus because jesus knew and his followers knew that it's only in jesus that there's power to overcome Y'all, it's been my prayer for you that these truths from Joseph's life and also Jesus' words will take hold in your life. It's my prayer that the life of Joseph has been stirring your heart like it's been stirring mine. Joseph and Jesus both show us that to overcome temptation, we've got to say no and then say yes. We've got to avoid purposefully and then draw near. We must run from and then run to Jesus. But as practical as all of this is, as as powerful as it can be in your own life, the only way Jesus is going to do a mighty work in your heart and in mine is if we are humble enough to receive. You and I, we both need humility. You might be like, I'm pretty humble, and you might be. But y'all, we need humility to see just how weak we are We need the humility to say, man, I may have won once, but really it was because of Jesus. We need the humility to see that we aren't strong enough. And we also need the humility to receive God's power. Y'all, most of us don't like, I don't like admitting that I need help. Most of us don't like admitting that we need help. We're prideful and we're arrogant and we just want to do things our own way. But in this, if you do it your way, all it will cause is pain and shame, because you won't win. We need to give up our foolish pride and humbly ask and humbly receive from Jesus. The band can go ahead and come up. I just want to read 1 Corinthians ten thirteen again, and it says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted because you will be, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He will give you a way out. He will give you power to endure if you will humbly receive. But more than that, more than God limiting your load, more than God giving you a way out, and more than the power to endure, the reason why Jesus is the one we should come humbly to and the one we should humbly say yes to and the one we should humbly run to is because he knows exactly what it's like to be like you. He knows exactly what it's like to be tempted like you. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest, Jesus, who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, just as you are. Yet he did not sin. Jesus was tempted in every way. There is no person, I promise you this, there is no person on this planet who can look you in the eye and say, I know what you're going through. We you can say, I kind of know what you're going through, but I can't look Katie in the eye and say, I know what you're going through. There's no person who truly understands what your temptation is like but Jesus does. Jesus was tempted in every way. There is no person that can look you in the eye, but Jesus can. And he says, I know, and I overcame. And the same power that lives in me lives in you. The same power lives in you. Friends, Y'all, we've got to be humble before Jesus. That's all I want from you tonight. Be humble enough to say, Jesus, I need help. Because you're going to be 95 years old, and you're still going to be tempted. You're not going to get away from it. You've got to run to Jesus. Y'all, we, we need to triumphantly, triumphantly say no to temptation and yes to Jesus. Let us purposefully avoid temptation and then intimately draw near to him, and to our brothers and sisters. And let us run unashamedly. Who cares who's looking? Let us run away from what we know we can't beat. And then boldly and humbly run to the arms of Jesus. Let me pray for you guys. Lord, I pray that you would be with us. God, I, all I ask is for a spirit of humility tonight, God. Humble me. Humble every one of us in this room, God. Let us lay down our foolish pride. Let us lay down our foolish arrogance that we can do this on our own. Let us humbly admit that we need your help and then receive what only you can do. Thank you, Jesus, that you are big enough and, and for lack of better words, bad enough to to overcome what we can't. We love you, Jesus, and pray that you'd be glorified in our time of worship. Amen.